Trivita presents Healthy You with your host, Michael Ellison. Well, again, welcome to Healthy You. I believe today's program is going to be an awesome program. It will help broaden your view on how you can live with greater health and well-being. And that's our goal for our program of Healthy You. My special guest today is Dr. Lerma. I've experienced the benefits of his care and the practice uh, for many years. So this is a special opportunity for me to introduce somebody that has really helped me in my own personal care. So Dr. Lerma, welcome to Healthy You. Thank you so much, Mr. Ellison. I I really uh, know we talked about doing this together for quite some time now, and I'm glad we're actually able to to get this done. It's a pleasure to to really speak to your audience because I know when whenever I see you, you basically don't age. And so I know your audience can learn a lot because you do walk the walk. And so I, I appreciate being able to speak to your audience that way and, and see how we can broaden their, their lifestyle. Well, it's great. And uh, that is a desire that I have. You know, I, I want to live that life as long as I can in quality of life and then go over the yep. cliff. I don't want Absolutely. that. I don't want that slow decline. <laughs> well, you know, and and uh, our uh, our goal, my wife and I, is to live long and die fast at the end. Right. Well said. Um, Agree. And so, unfortunately, that's not what's that's not what's happening with our aging population at this time. No, the chronic conditions, and I know you have your clinic and practice, and we have the medical clinic here, in which we see you know, the chronic conditions, and we'll get into that. But before we do, you know, I think there's a a lack of understanding about whole person care, and I know that's a part of your philosophy. But also in this self-care, you know, it's kind of like I have a a team that is helping me optimize the wellness and the health that I want to live with and I feel like I as an individual are really responsible for helping drive that team through their uh, knowledge and their practice that can contribute into my own life. So I look at that kind of as my self-care because as individuals, you know, we know what we eat. I mean, we can tell people what we eat, but we know what we eat. And we know our sleep patterns and we know our physical activity and the commitments that we make to it. And we also know our you know, our pain points, and I know you hear that uh, every day there at your practice. But the individual, you know, and I I like this, what I saw on your website in my conversations I've had with you, it's your optimal wellness. It's not the optimal, it's your optimal. So every person knows what their optimal health and well-being that they desire for their life. And so today... That's kind of what I hope to explore with you is on the whole person care. So let's start there. On your website, uh, it says that you're committed to helping patients achieve their optimal health and well-being through chiropractic care, and you do this through the best hands-on technique, state-of-the-art diagnostic equipment, while focusing on a whole person care approach. And I, as one of your patients, know you do this. But for our listeners, uh, go into some detail in regard to the philosophy of whole person care. So what's interesting is that when I first graduated back in 2002, 
I wasn't there yet. So I was, like everybody else, chiropractic and back pain. Um, patients would come in, they would have neck pain or lower back pain. I would diagnose, see where the spine was subluxated or, or fixated, not moving healthy. I would adjust it, and then two or three visits later, the pain symptoms would go away, and I felt pretty good about myself. But the conditions would inevitably come back. And it became more of a pain management type of a setting, which, um, you know, it's not a lot of fun when people are hurting. My wife has got a blast. She's a dentist. So we get calls all the time on the weekends. Patients have severe toothaches. We've got to go and numb them up or go to emergency care. It's, um, so it's not a lot of fun. And, but I figured that's just it is what it is. And then something happened in our life that kind of flipped us upside down, and it's kind of a personal story. I've never really shared this uh, with uh, in public. Um, but Holly and I, we got married back in 2001, and we was in a arranged marriage. Uh, my mom knew her mom. Um, that's kind of a joke, but they, they did kind of <laughs> set us up. Um, but uh, Becky, she was an old-school Baptist, never smoked, never drank, and she became ill. Um, had some swelling in her gut, so they gave her antibiotics, that didn't work, some steroids, that didn't work. They finally did an ultrasound, and she had, um, she had ovarian cancer. Hmm. And it was one of the worst cases. I mean, it's not, it wasn't stage 4, it was stage 3C, so it spread everywhere, but not the main organs, not the liver, the heart, or the brain, or the lungs. And so, you know, at that point... Um, you know, healthcare was just about symptomology. And so that did not work for Becky. And so mm -hmm. they did a genetic test to see if the girls had it. Um, and the results came back. I figured it was going to be genetically positive because that's what disease is. And it was not. It was negative. So that means that the environment is what caused the cancer. It was not genetic. And so the World Health Organization... Um, they define health as health is a state of complete physical, mental, and social well-being and not merely the, the absence of disease or infirmity. Mm -hmm. So we needed to restore her health, and how to do that? Complete physical, mental, and social. So that's what we attacked with Becky, and I, I implemented that with my patients also. And so the first is physically. What do my patients do on a daily basis? Are they sitting at a desk in front of a computer screen for eight hours, and they go home, they grab, pick up dinner on the way home, and they sit, you know, at the at the couch watching TV for another four to five hours. So, and as you know, Mr. Allison, the body's meant to be in motion. We're designed to go outside, hunt for 30 to 45 minutes. For those of us who do not hunt, we exercise, right? Go outside, do some hiking, do some moving. And so that's a big component is the is a, is a physical part of, of their overall well-being. Um, the second is chemical. And so I know this is near and dear to you also. Yes. Um, but what are they eating, right? What are they drinking? Um, what kind of, uh, do they take any vitamins? Um, and, and so chemical stress influences the genome, right, the epigenome. And so we started to change that with patients, with dietary changes. 
Then there was the social well-being or the emotional component. And so when they look at um, centurions, those that live to be over 100, you know, there's these blue zones where, um, for example, Southern Italy, 30% of the population live to be over 100, and it's quality years. They're dancing, they're living life, and so they're always very socially, they're out there. They're, you know, having coffee with friends. They're doing hikes with friends. They've got family. They've got church. So socially, we needed to, to get that repaired also with my patients. And when I did, the floodgates absolutely opened up. Um, and, and so I would adjust them. They would get better, and they would maintain that integrity. So it was a full-body approach that influenced the state of the spine and the state of their inflammatory condition. And so, so that's how I, um, I kind of, you know, took the whole body approach from just disease care, let's go ahead and adjust it, get you out of pain, to let's change the whole body, and the pain would go away almost on its own. Yeah, that's a remarkable story. Thank you for sharing that with us. A, a lot of times it's those kind of events in our life that uh, redirect us. I know yep. in my own life, you know, when, you know, this is a number of years ago, but it's also why I came to see you. I lost my health, and it was yep. in the loss of my health of like, yep. okay, what's going on? Because what I did feel, I felt like I was fit because I loved the yep. outdoors and, yep. you know, I did things to keep my weight in control. But what I didn't understand is I didn't understand the impact of the chemical balance and what sleep deprivation would do over a long period of time with an overactive adrenal gland. What I did Absolutely. know, I loved Absolutely. life and I loved to, uh, you know, travel the world and do what I felt like was my purpose in life, but I didn't understand <laughs> whole person wellness. Yeah. And so oh, yeah. coming to you in those, you know, pain points of my life, you know, that was caused, but it also caused me to come to the realization of these are the essentials of wellness, and out of that came Trivita. Out of that came millions of people Amen. who, you know, who have Absolutely. been, um, uh, who have benefited from the many products and also wellness information and podcasts like this with you, Doc. So. And that's yeah. And if it, if that story with Becky, with Becky, if it resonates with one person, it's worth it. Yes, right? because. We're here to help others to be servants, and that's that's how it all works. And it's funny where you talk about sleep. There was a NIH study um, where they looked to see it's kind of a machismo thing now. If you sleep four to five hours, I'm good. That's all I need. Oh, that was and, my badge of honor. You know, <laughs> three to four a night. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh, but absolutely, right? And we, and we brag about it. And so they did a study, looked to see what component, how many of those individuals who sleep four to five hours can actually perform well in certain tasks. And so when the study was done, they took that small number and they rounded it up so it would at least least look somewhat beneficial or that it could be possible. And the number was a big fat zero. So Hmm. we do hurt from that. And if you only sleep four to five hours, that drops. As a male, your testosterone to someone a decade older than you, wow. right? And testosterone is vitality and it's yes. health and it's energy and it's the repair process. So, absolutely, that totally makes sense. 
Well, I want to go back just a moment uh, again to talk about the social aspect. I mean, because this conversation, when we think of, you know, chiropractic care, we think about adjustment and alignment. But when we talk about whole person care, then I know that you bring that forward to your patients and, you know, it's a much broader view in regard to their, you know, their care. But Absolutely. in regard to the uh, the people in Italy who live to over 100, well, one yeah. of the things that is going on in America today, in spite of our technology, is oh. in corporate America, you know, Harvard reported that we now have the number one emotional issue is loneliness. That's corporate America. In an aging oh, population of the baby boomers, okay, oh. Loneliness is the number one issue right now as far as related to emotional is they feel alone. They feel separated. Do you have any, do you have any input as far as related to how to better socially engage since you, you know, see that as yeah. being something and very important to our vitality and to our health? Absolutely. So, you know, I always push, I, I talk to them about there's walking clubs around here. Um, there's a silver sneakers, you know, down the street, there's a YMCA down the street and there's, um, a Bible study down the street, you know? And, and so I try to get them to engage because if you do what is easy, uh, life will be pretty challenging, will be pretty difficult. You got to get out of your comfort zone. And I know you do that quite a bit yourself, Ms. Jellison, but, um, a lot of people, it's not natural for them to do that. And so that's why I kind of guide them, you know. So so we talk about nutrition, talk about, you know, exercise. But, hey, let's go engage, you know, go do this. And and they they are reluctant initially, but it's, it's, uh, it's human nature. And I'm going to be honest with you, I'm part of that realm. I'm kind of an introvert. Um, and so my wife will want to We would never go- know that, Doc. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you, You're the most outgoing person I know. <laughs> well, you know what? This is uh, every day is Saturday for me. I love what I do. Right. And so when I once I you know go outside the office, I just want to hang out at home with my wife and my little guy. And my wife was, hey, we've you know we've got to do this, and I really don't want to, and I'm in a bad mood, and we've all been there. And I go through it because happy wife, happy life. And it turns out to be such a good experience that I can see why that helps longevity. Mm-hmm. And so I have to fight that third component, which I'm glad you, you brought that up. Um, and so, yeah, there's plenty of organizations, even though, you know, Facebook and all that social media stuff is, is just part of the problem with, with you know, depression. Um, there's groups where you can, you know, a biking group or there's a Bible study or there's someone that you can, that you can get tied into. And so, so yeah, that's uh, that's so, definitely an issue. So we're we're not just I mean we're not just making a point here. This is a significant point about well being. Well being is about being socially engaged, and it's about purpose in our life. You know, and we know that that in the aging because I re- referred to the baby boomer, but in the aging yeah. population. So the stats that I just read. In regard to the population, that 40% of the population in 10 years will be 50 years of age and older. So is yep. this huge, you know, hundreds of millions of people, right, that are yep. moving into this 50-plus uh, time period. 
And one uh-huh. of the misconceptions, and I really want you to deal with this here, but one of the misconceptions is, and if you look around you, is that aging is what literally is causing the chronic conditions. But you say, okay, and it's on your website, that chronic uh-huh. pain and inflammation are the biggest contributors to chronic conditions. So Absolutely. give us some insight in regard to, you know, chronic pain and inflammation and how it ages a person. Absolutely. So um, it's interesting that back in 1982, the Nobel Prize was, was given to these three gentlemen, uh, Bernstrom, Samuelson, and Vane. And so they found this PGE2 molecule and how it relates to biology. And this PGE2 molecule drives inflammation, right? And so if you get the concept of that inflammatory response and how that affects our biology, then you're winning. So this is the root of all diseases. And so a lot of top clinicians, top scientists, call this the, the theory to everything, right? And so a lot of patients ask, well, where does PGE2 come from? And so PGE2... Um, one of the main sources is, it's kind of interesting, it's omega-6 fatty acids, so mm. vegetable oils. So what they found is back in 19, uh, I think it was 09, their average person consumed about two pounds of this omega-6 a year. Now in 1985, we're up to 25 pounds per person went from 2 pounds back in 1909 up to 25 pounds in 1985. So it has absolutely skyrocketed. So this PGE2, um, which again leads to inflammation, is actually the number two cause of free radicals. And I'll take you a little bit deeper than that, number two cause of cancer. Because free radicals, as we know, does mitochondrial DNA damage, and the mitochondria is the epicenter of health itself and longevity. PGE2 causes vascular disease, which is going to be heart disease. Uh, PGE2 leads to degenerative joint disease. You wake up in the morning and you can't move because the joints are so degenerated. Causes pain, right, and causes scar tissue or fibrosis, which leads to stenosis and arthritis. And so if you can control this PGE2 molecule, if you reduce it, then you're going to actually live long and healthy. As a matter of fact, in the American Academy of Pain Management, there was uh, published a practical guide for clinicians how to manage chronic pain, and what they recommended is to reduce omega-6 fatty acids and to, at the same time, increase omega-3 fatty acids. So Mm omega-3s are good, omega-6s are bad. And what's interesting is that, you know, you really don't realize where omega-6s come from, but... Uh, it's corn oil, cottonseed oil, sunflower oil, safflower oils, the peanut oils, the soy, and the canola oils. And so if you get a Subway sandwich, the let's say chicken, the chicken isn't actually chicken, it's actually soy. So that's going to be an omega-6 bomb. Um, back when I was in college, I bought a can of tuna, thinking it was going to be healthy. I looked at the ingredients. The first ingredient was actually tuna. second ingredient was soy. So you can't get away from this stuff. And my father-in-law, he's a cattleman from Texas. He has multiple feedlots in Oklahoma and Texas and Kansas. 
And when you go through Kansas, half the highway is corn. The other half is going to be soybeans. That's what's subsidized by the government. So that's what they feed the cows, which makes them omega-6 inflammatory. And the poor cows, the, uh, the, they're not used to eating soy, uh, soybeans. And so it completely inflames their gut. So half the feed is, is Tums, uh, the, the antacid because they're in so much pain. So the cows eat it, gets in the meat, and we eat it, and we become inflamed. Uh, same thing with chicken. You know, if you eat some eggs, uh, they're going to be omega-6 bombs because they feed the hens corn and soy. So if you go to the store, you can actually see omega-3 eggs now. So they feed them flax seeds, seeds and nuts and bugs and grass, which is what your parents used to eat. And we just have to make a little bit extra effort to, uh, to find what our previous generation used to consume. And that generation was the highest pool of IQs. And it's gone down 10 points every 10 years because omega-6 fatty acids, they de-evolutionize your brain. And so... Um, so yeah, that's that's one of the main things that you really need to focus on is is controlling your inflammation through uh, consumption of omega six fatty acids. The other issue was you know we were talking about aging, um, and again Alzheimer's aging issue. It's all because of inflammation. It's not a genetic thing. It's completely um, completely environmental. And so there's this researcher down at. Department of Neurology at UCLA, Dr. Bredesen, um, he's reversing advanced stage Alzheimer's. So he's got a small study with, uh, with 10 patients, and after three months alone, nine out of 10 show improvement, six able to go back to work full-time. And so that is pretty successful, and all he changed was lifestyle things, ways to reduce inflammation, and, um, and there you go. So, yeah. So let's, since we're on the subject of primarily foods, yep. the foods to avoid then uh, definitely would be foods that would be associated or related in any way with the omega-6. Absolutely. Okay, so as we do avoidance, we know that you know, most people don't do well by just avoiding. You know, yep. I try and replace, so if I have this habit, then, okay, I don't want that habit to dominate my life any longer. How do I, you know, recreate the habit? Well, one way that I talk about that is in the three R's, and that is, what's the reward? What are the routines of my life, and what are the reminders to replace, right? So if I can do that, then what am I looking for in the reward? So we're looking for anti-inflammatory Give us, Absolutely. give us some, and I have your food list in front of me that you handed to me uh, probably two years ago. You know, so I, I'm a good patient, Doc. I I, I study this. I tell you, myself, and I'm impressed by you. I don't, uh, you know, and I and I use you as a subject all the time to other patients. Your X-ray looks fantastic. There's barely any arthritis in it. You know, so you walk the walk. So I'm not surprised that you do not have my food list. So if we go down this list that you have of what you should give up, you know, it can get really discouraging until yeah, yeah, you look yeah. at the foods that you can embrace and eat. So talk, yeah. to, talk to us about the other oils, because we can't get away from the fat, right? So we have to have oils. So let's talk about yeah. maybe some of those oils and some of the foods that would be anti-inflammatory. Would, would you care to, to expand a little bit on that? Absolutely, yeah. So obviously you can't get away from it. 
Um, so we need some kind of oils to cook with. So you want to use like the avocado oils. Um, the coconut oils are pretty popular right now. And so there have been some um, some studies that have bashed, uh, you know, the, the coconut oils because of the saturated fat thing. But I'm really, I don't really uh, go along with that, with that theme because as long as your inflammation is low, then the cholesterol is really has a pretty major component in our overall health. So the brain, majority of the brain is cholesterol hormones. We need cholesterol to, to make all of our hormones, testosterone, estrogen, and so forth. Um, when you go outside in the sun, the UV radiation hits the cholesterol in your skin and then makes the vitamin D. Mm-hmm. So, so definitely, you know, coconut oil, don't be afraid to use that. Um, and, what and about I also algae have, oil? So algae oil is good. You know, I, it's good because of the, the DHA component, but it's not the, the full um, active form compared to what you get in, like, fish oils. But definitely algae oil is, is on the list as a, as a good one. Um, and let's see. So, you know, if we're going to cook something, I will actually use butter. So butter is back on the list as long as it's organic. And from grass-fed cows. What about and ghee? So, so ghee is fantastic. So the reason why I like ghee is because it's, they've taken out all the casein, which are the inflammatory proteins. And so that is utilized by the brain and by our cells, by the mitochondria, as good, clean, burning fuel. So definitely have my blessing with ghee. And I actually put ghee and in um, some MCT oil, which is refined coconut oil, into my coffee. And that gives me energy pretty much all day long. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so yeah, it's don't be afraid of fat. So fats are actually back on the table. Um, they have uh, they've changed the cholesterol guidelines as far as consuming them because you know, we, we're trying to get back to where we were with, with your parents, where they they ate liver and onions, and that had cholesterol. They had good fats, right? They had cod liver oil. Um, they used lard to cook with. And, uh, and so we're, we're trying to actually regress back to that because these vegetable oils have done more, more damage than, than any other dietary changes in, in quite some time. So then while we're still on this subject of consumption, right, what about yep. the sugars and the in, and let's talk also in regard to, you know, carbs through the various um, wheat and corn, etc. Yeah, how, absolutely. And so, draw some lines yeah. there because these are really important points for people if they want to go anti-inflammatory. You want to live yeah. with the greatest opportunity to optimize your wellness. Okay, what kind totally. of adjustments related to sugar, right, in grains? Yep. Yeah, and so part of that study that, that I cited earlier back in 1982 when those three uh, gentlemen won the Nobel Prize, they discovered that inflammation comes from the omega-6 fatty acids. And one of the main drivers of that equation is going to be insulin. So the purpose of my food groups and my list is to plummet your insulin. And so that's why I've eliminated um, any kind of high fructose corn syrup and refined, car- refined carbohydrates. And so I'm trying to make patients insulin sensitive, right? 
So the more carbs that we throw in, the more insulin resistant you are and the more prone you are to get these chronic diseases. And so for the first 30 days uh, of a cleanse that I have patients do, again, depends on if they're diabetic or not, but I have them eliminate any breads, pastas, cookies, cakes, crackers. And they first look at me like, are you crazy? And uh, and I told my dad the same thing. I was like, hey, dad, I need you to do this for me. And you got to give up the tortillas. He's like, are you trying to kill me, right? Mm-hmm. So everyone has that first instinct, like, what is going on here? And, and we're also changing the gut biome, right? So mm-hmm. there's a film of bacteria in that gut that protects us, and it's actually considered our second brain. And so, unfortunately, whenever we eat carbs and breads and pastas, that good bacteria, you, you attract, I call them gangster bacteria. You know, they're straight out of South Central LA. They've got a tattoo of a clan on their neck. They've got a tear. They're bad guys. So you want to get rid of them, but they love the carbs. They mm-hmm. love the breads. And they continue to punch holes in your gut, causing leaky gut. And I'm sure you've heard of that before. Yes. Um, yeah, and so once you eliminate those breads, the pastas, the, the corn, um, after four to five days, those uh, bad bacteria, they actually die off. But before they do, they send signals up to your brain. So there's more serotonin in your gut than there is in the brain itself, which is a feel-good hormone. Mm-hmm. So they send signals to your brain to make you feel depressed, make you feel basically ticked off at the world. And then they finally die off. And when they die off, it's like, you know, Moe's in the Red Sea. Everything starts to open up and you feel fantastic. And so that's why for 30 days we eliminate all carbs. Um, After that, we will introduce seasonal fruits. Um, And the reason why we cycle that is because we're we're basically made up of reflexes. Fruits signal your brain that it's summertime. You know, you just walked up on a fruit tree, you grab an apple and you eat and it's delicious, and it tells your brain, summertime, eat as much of this fruit as you can and store it into the gut. And so it raises your insulin to do that. So that's why for 30 days we eliminate all fruit, lower your insulin, and that turns off the inflammatory pathway. But once you get past that 30 days, we do introduce fruit back into your system, um, and it's and it tastes delicious. You know, unfortunately, if you give a kid an apple nowadays, they're like, "What is this? This is disgusting!" Right? right? There's no flavor to it. It's because they're so inundated with carbs and crackers and sugar, and, and you know, God bless the parents. I mean, they don't know any better, and that's that's what I do is I educate parents, and it's uh, yeah. So definitely, carbs are not bad. And I probably eat good six days out of the week. The seventh day, I'll do whatever. You know, it's never good to be antisocial. If you want to go outside with friends and have a glass of wine or, you know, have some fries, you know, be bad, go for it. But you don't want it to control your life like you have said. You know, there's a bigger purpose to this. And I always bring it back to what our goal is. And Holly and I, we decide our goal is to be 100. So do the things. We're very competitive do things that we need to do to get to that point. And so it's easier to push things away whenever whenever we have the right mindset, as you had discussed earlier. Well, I know also let's uh, move now to the actual practice there of chiropractic and adjustments. You and Holly both get weekly adjustments. 
So in that, because a lot of people think of, you know, chiropractic as when something is out of alignment or pain is so severe is how do I get adjusted? But you are doing that and practicing that as a part of your health and well-being. Speak just a little bit in regard to the ongoing adjustment. My wife and I, we get just at least once a week. And the main reason is that we know that how vital our spine is, um, right up there with, with your teeth. You know, if you ever need a root canal, life shuts down whenever you have that toothache. Same thing with your spine. You know, once you have that back pain, life sucks. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and it's hard to manage. And what, and what really is, is unfortunate is that you don't feel the pain until it gets too, you know, almost too late. Um, and so we, Holly and I both understand that once a stiff spine begins, that's when old age follows after that. Um, and so our plan of wellness is to keep our spine moving because once it stops moving, we know it becomes inflamed and the resolution of all inflammation is fibrosis, scar tissue. There's no way around that. So fibrosis is basically if you scratch your skin, you get that little scab that forms on that. That's the same tissue, scar tissue, that forms on the spine. So, so we're, you know, we understand that, you know, with Holly being hunched over, seeing patients, one of the worst jobs you can perform in this country, besides welding, is dentistry. And so a lot of dentists have to retire early because of degenerative disc disease and the neck from hunching over. So we stay on top of that. And, you know, we want to be able to, you know, we're, we're older parents. We just, uh, we have a, he's going to be two years old in April. And, we want to be around for, for our grandkids. And when, they, when they're around, we want to make sure we can squat down, grab the little butterball, and pick them up, right? We want to make sure we can lay down the floor with them and play with them on the ground, and then go and stand up afterwards. And not, you know, we, we want to be those grandparents. And so we know it starts, what we do today dictates our health in 10 years, right? Yes. And it's just it just continues on. And so... We try to find these complex pro- solutions to these complex problems. It always fails. It's too complicated. So using these, comp- these, these simple solutions to these complex issues, they're, they're, they're foolproof. And that's part of it is getting our weekly adjustments, getting our teeth cleaned. And, uh, and yeah, so even my little guy gets adjusted, which is kind of funny. I would just holly, and then he jumps on the table. He wants one, too. So it doesn't hurt, and I've adjusted anywhere from five-day-old babies to 95-year-old nuns. So, so it definitely is, a, is, is not a painful procedure. So then just uh, when you said about, you know, holly being a dentist and hunched over, so I could visualize, okay, our employees <laughs> who are hunched over a computer. All right. Okay. Well, what about people when they are sitting watching television? I see very few people that at least I engage with (laughs) that have great posture when they're watching television. Oh my God! So, are all these are all these factors actually causing our, you know, like our spinal decay when we are in those kind of positions? Yeah, big time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, all the Fortune 500 companies, they, well, majority of them have moved on to standing workstations. So they attribute sitting for eight hours a day um, up there with smoking cigarettes. 
So that just kind of puts it in perspective, like, oh, my gosh. So even now, as I'm speaking to you, I'm, I'm walking, right? Mm-hmm. I've got my, my shoulders back. And, and, uh, and so, yeah, one of the things that I do with patients when I go over their health history is we go over their, their, their workstations. Um, I tell them to get up every 20 minutes and stretch their back, right? If they can't, even though they look, they may get made fun of, but, you know, you got to be different. Um, and so if they can't get a workstation, they got to put their cell phone to beep at them every 20 minutes so they stand up and stretch. Because if, if we don't create those small little changes, then their spine is going to continue to decay. Because as we talked about before, the body's meant to be in motion. So when you sit, that's an inflammatory environment. So movement um, actually pumps those discs, and it keeps fluid into the disc. And whenever uh, you walk, it pushes the fluid out of the disc, so it's a good, nice little sponge. But when you sit, it compresses, becomes inflamed, scabs over, arthritis, stenosis, pretty much game over after that. So then this applies to just about everybody, no matter what the conditions are of your environment that may cause you to set or be hunched over, et cetera. What you're saying is get up and move. Every 20 minutes, move. And yep. uh, another thing that since many of our, you know, our listeners are across North America, okay, how, how would they find a chiropractor that would embrace the philosophy that you do, Doc? I mean, do you have any recommendations that way? Yeah, so one thing I would do is just look for talk to friends. Talk to, you know, uh, people that, that go to chiropractor and, and ask them, hey, what's your experience like? Um, I always like to go by referrals. Um, if there's no one that, you know, that, that they really give good feedback on, then look for a wellness doctor. And so that typically is a pretty good canopy um, that they present, that they are a full-body practitioner. So definitely a wellness physician is, uh, is, is a good way to start. Yeah, that's great. So then one other question. I'm back to the spine because you got you know, this is fascinating to me. Oh yeah. And looking Absolutely. at okay, what can I do to improve my you know, my posture? How can I you know reduce inflammation? And I am loving golf at this stage in my life <laughs> and I wanna play good golf and so Absolutely. you know, the spine and the flexibility, mobility, all that goes into the you know, to the swing in the game, and, and I'm in the gym, and I'm working out, okay, but in the spine, then you're saying that a weekly adjustment is really a healthy thing to do for the spine, and then what other techniques do you use to improve, like, on your uh, spinal biomechanics? Yeah, so I use uh, three different techniques. It just kind of depends on the patient. Um, I'm more hands-on, so I am I'm a pretty pretty manual, but I do Gonstead, which is a pretty old-school technique. I use Diversified, and if needed, I will do some Activator, which is a little clicker that, that some of you have experienced. But my goal with the adjustment is to increase the full range of motion, right? So when you're golfing, mm-hmm. that's what you're doing. You want full range of motion, and the reason is because it increases your reflexes. And full range of motion activates these nerves called proprioceptors, which sense the joint's motion. That turns on the parasympathetic activity, which is the, uh, the part of the nervous system that helps with longevity. Sympathetic is your fight or flight. Parasympathetic is the opposite, relax, digest, repair. 
and it also lowers cortisol. Um, and so that's the reason why whenever you do get adjusted, I will take you know the cervical spine or the lumbar spine, and I'll get full range of motion out of it, so that way you can mimic those same motions when you're out there golfing. Uh, there's nothing worse than having a joint that is stiff, and then you go and try to play sports, you're going to be in trouble. Or if you try to pick up your grandchild with a stiff spine, you're in trouble because that's when it's unstable. And that's what happens when you reach over to pick up a checkbook and all heck breaks loose because the spine was not healthy, was not moving correctly, so the reflexes were diminished, and that created the injury. Um, so on top of adjustments, you know, I also have patients do foam rolling. I know you've been doing it for quite yes. some time now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, so I have patients do the foam roll before they golf, and they come in, and they give me a high five. They're like, what in the world? So foam rolling moves those joints, right? Increases the range of motion, increases your, your reflexes. And, and that's, what, that's what my goal is, to maintain full range of motion, maintain your reflexes. So if, God forbid, you fall, boom, you can catch yourself and you can get up, no big deal. But if you have lost range of motion, you get a trip, that could be pretty detrimental to your health. Nothing worse than an injury, nothing more depressing than a broken hip or a broken femur or broken humerus. Um, and so that's why we use the, those full body techniques. Well, for any listeners who are 50-plus, I would say that uh, mobility and flexibility is one of the greatest contributors to our quality of life because as a person, uh, let's just say, is less mobile or less uh, flexible, we start getting restrictive. And uh, I did an interview with Andy Baxter who specializes in – aging population uh, in regard to movement. And as the brain begins to restrict our movement, then we get weaker and weaker, and we really set ourselves up for diminished quality of life. So uh, what I've heard from you today is if we move and if we uh, adjust our spine on a regular basis so that we keep flexibility in the spine – and the Absolutely. environment that we create, you know, by the foods that we consume, that we really do have lifestyle choices that can improve our quality of life, and we're not subject just to the diminished quality of life because we're aging. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And what's what's interesting is that majority of the brain's eighty percent, I think, is the number of the brain activities at the cerebellum, which is all movement. Right, and so that's how vital the the human you know the human frame is, and so you're basically only as young as your joints. Once your joints start to go, your brain starts to atrophy, um, and and just as you had just explained, the the it just a continuous cycle of every regression, um, and that's when injuries do occur. Well, it's been a great time spending with you, Doc, and one of the things I'd like for you to do is uh, give us your location for those who are listening here in the Valley of the Sun, or uh, also you've given indication of how they might find you know, a chiropractor who would be about the whole person care, but give us your location and your website, would you? Sure. So our website is www.summit, so it's S-U-M-M-I-T, Cairo. C-H-I-R-O, health, 
H-E-A-L-T-H, dot com. Um, so we're located off uh, Tatum and Dynamite, so you can see that off our website. Um, and our phone number is 480-656-0263. And so Mr. Allison and I, we dove into quite a bit of information there. So if you're interested for a free consultation, give us a call. And just, you know, let the office manager know that Mr. Ellison sent you, and then we can definitely sit down for 30 minutes and go over uh, this a little bit uh, more in detail. And if you have family or friends around the country, you can always, you know, send me their location, and I'll do some interviews. I'll call some docs and find someone for you guys. Oh, that's a wonderful service that uh, you just offered right there. So thank you. And, again, thank you for your time today and for the great information for our people who are regular listeners of Healthy You to add years to their life and quality years. Beautiful. Well, I appreciate the time, Mr. Ellison, and we'll hopefully we'll do this again. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Healthy You. To learn more about our guest, check the episode notes to find books, products, and services mentioned in this episode. This is provided for your information only and may not be construed as medical advice or instruction. These statements are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. It is intended for your general knowledge only and not a substitute for professional medical advice or treatment for any specific medical conditions. Always seek the advice of your physician with any question you may have regarding a medical condition.